From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, Adventures by Disney Edition, I guess is what we should call it. Uh, for November 5th, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week at the table by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Teresa Eccles, back in the peanut gallery, Max the intern, out getting food. Fetching. Fetching food. Dispatch the boy for food is what I say when he gets here. Dispatch him. Dispatch him to Publix for subs and fried chicken. Because Publix has the best fried chicken. Honestly. Without a doubt. Never had better. Hands down. So, all right, this is a uh, special show. This is an extra show we're doing this week. Uh, Walter and I uh, just recently concluded uh, an Adventures by Disney trip, the Southwest Splendors Adventures by Disney trip. And uh, we were going to do it as a segment on the show, but there's kind of a lot that went on that I want to talk about. And this is one of the more popular uh, ABD trips, especially among Dizzers. Uh, as I found out, the guides were like fully aware of the boards, and so many people go on that trip and say, oh, I read about this or that on the Diz boards. Um, so uh, I thought that we should do a, a, a piece on it. Um, and I want to start out by saying that some have questioned the veracity of my, my pre-trip statements about nature and about my feelings about nature. Now, there are two people sitting at this table right now who have known me for quite a long time. Of course, Walter and I uh, have known each other for nine years. John and I have known each other for hundred about 15 or 16. Yeah, it's been quite a while. So um, just, you know, let's, let's just settle this going in. Am I a nature person in any regard, in any way, at all, ever? No, I'm surprised when you have a plant in the house. Okay. The closest I've seen is uh, Fort Wilderness. You like Fort Wilderness. And that's, and that's only the cabins. That's only the cabins. You don't camp or anything like that. That's no. right. Okay. So I, that's I just want... the outdoors. That doesn't count. It's <laughs> like saying you like the flower and garden show. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I go to flower... I like, I like the trees in the mall. <laughs> exactly. I go to flower and garden festival, therefore I'm a gardener. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to get, kind of clear that up because this is this was not hyperbole. This was not shtick. I was not building this up in order to, you know, focus on this great experience. I genuinely was ambivalent about this trip. What I was looking forward to was getting away for two weeks because this was a, um, I think it was a seven, uh, eight day, seven nights or seven days, six nights. Uh, but then Walter and I had added on four nights in Sedona. I was looking forward to getting away. I needed a vacation. Virtually all the traveling I've done this year has been for work. And this was actually uh, Walter's 50th birthday present. Walter's 50th birthday was in in April, and he wanted to go see the Grand Canyon. And I thought this would be the best way to do it. Um, having done Adventures by Disney trips before, this was our fourth my God, every time you do it, they, they just get better and better. It's, uh, and, and the staff, every time you run across another uh, people who are doing the, the, the tours, you're just like, how do they find such the guides? The guides. How do they find such wonderful people? It's, so we felt, that, we felt confident that doing it through Adventures by Disney 
would would be the way to go. And it was, in a way, us putting our money where our mouth is. We've been talking about these adventures by Disney trips. Uh, we did the uh, 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 Discovery Down Under trip uh, last September down in Australia. That was comped, so I didn't do really a piece about it on the uh, on the show because we didn't pay for it. We've done two uh, Disney uh, California Backstage Magic tours with uh, listeners on the show. Uh, again, very enjoyable. Loved every minute of it, but it's part of what we do for a living. This was the first time I've done Adventures by Disney on my own dime as a vacation. And I was interested to see if my perceptions of it were going to be different. Because, you know, these things are, as we've all discovered, and we all know, Adventures by Disney is not inexpensive. Um, and I got to tell you, hands down, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal experience. I know you got you paid for this yourself. Do you mind sharing with everybody what it cost you? Um, I don't remember. I know it was about 5000 for the two of us. Was that with the add-ons as well? No, it, no, no, with the add, no, with the add-on. I mean, we... Probably paid another thousand dollars for the four nights at the hotel, and then of course you get your own meals and all that stuff. And then airfare, airfare, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Airfare is not included. Airfare is not included. So, I mean, by the time and all was said and done, this was a ten thousand dollar trip. Right. So um, I just want to put that in perspective that we're talking about a very expensive trip. Look, and I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Adventures by Disney is not for people seeking out budget vacations. That's not what this is. If you are somebody who is scraping and scrimping. To go on vacation, Adventures by Disney isn't a good match for you. If you are someone who can afford to spend a little bit more, and you will spend more on service, and you will spend more for amenities like that, then these trips are exactly for you. And I, want to st- I, I do want to state that from the beginning. I've had several people question me on the pricing on this, and the way I explain it to people is, if you want to take the adventure apart... Figure out what hotels that you're staying at and things, the uh, the activities you're going to do, what it's going to cost you to do that on your own. Because I hear that a lot. I could do this cheaper on my own. Well, take everything apart. And then what you've got left over after you figured out what the hotels cost and the meals are going to cost and the transportation and the activities, the extra is the Disney difference. Well, and the the extra for me is the uh, the luxury of... Having everything taken care of. Um, when I plan trips, I'm the one, you know, in our relationship, I'm the one that handles all the details. If you're going to the Grand Canyon, you've got to plan, what, about two years in advance, at least a year in advance. If you, gonna... want to, if, well, if you want to stay inside Grand Canyon National Park, yes. Yes. I mean, you could stay outside Grand, Na- Grand Canyon National Park and get in. You don't have to plan two years out for that. It's the hotels actually on the rim. And we're going we're gonna to get to that. Uh, so uh, for me, this, like I said, uh, you know, Walter was real excited about doing the whole rocks and dirt trip, as I call it. Uh, and I was, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go along. I'm sure it'll be very nice. Get some good pictures, some good video. I really wasn't banking on how much I was going to love this. Oh, he was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. Our trip starts in um, flying into Phoenix. Everyone flies into Phoenix. Where, that's where your guides meet you. That's where we met our guides. Chris and, and Mike. Mike. I just I had a brain fart. Uh, Chris and Mike, who are absolutely fantastic, they do this trip all the time. Uh, they're two of the regulars on this trip. And, you know, it's great. The minute you get off the plane, there's somebody there to handle your bags. 
It was very nice walking well, through the airport, not having to lug anything with us. And they were very thoughtful because we left our bags. And then they're like, did you bring your cameras? Because you might want to take some pictures while we're gone. So we're like, no, we forgot that. So they ran back and got our cameras. They ran back and got our cameras for us. Um, and uh, once they get the group together, you get on the bus and you begin your drive into Sedona. And what they do is they stop at uh, Montezuma National Park, I believe it was called. Uh, it's Montezuma Castle. Now, Montez- the name Montezuma, you know, uh, evokes Mexican for Aztec, me. Which yeah. makes it seem hokey. And it's not. This, it's is, really actually, not. Um, this is actually a Native American, uh, an ancient Native American city that was built into the side of a cliff. And absolutely outrageous to look at. I mean, you wonder how in the name, because like hundreds of people lived in the city. But it was built into the side of this cliff because it was secure. It kept them... Uh, safe from the elements, safe from attack. This is our first stop, and this is the first place where we get to meet one of our local guides. What Disney does is you have the two Adventures by Disney guides that are with you at all times. Okay, can I stop for just a second? So the day you arrive on your way from the airport is your first... Correct. This begins. Right. This trip begins at the airport. That's unusual. It is, but it's a two-hour drive because it's a two-hour, two, two-and-a-half-hour drive from the airport into Sedona. Because, you know, technically we start in Sedona. So what they do is they add a stop from the uh, for between so that you're not. And they did this a lot. They were really good with these because we had a lot of long bus drives on this. And they were really good in scheduling stops along the way at interesting things. So we had a chance to get off the bus. But we'll we'll move on to that. I want to kind of keep it chronological. Uh, and what I was saying was that. Uh, with with Adventures by Disney, you have your two guides, but then you also have local experts at each stop. Every place you go, everything you see, there's always a local person there who is uh, expert. an expert. We call them step-on guides. They came Step-on there. guides, exactly. Right. So this is where we met our first one. Don't ask me what his name was. Um, they're all very nice. There was a couple of them I remember more than others. But, you know, they kind of explain everything to you about the surrounding area, and that was... Very interesting. It was cool. We took a lot of pictures. He was like a historian. He knew everything about the Native Americans who used to live there. And there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more water and a lot more green, greenery than you would think going to Arizona. Yeah, that's the first thing that hit me. I was surprised at um, the amount of trees and plant life there was. Right. Uh, then we we <laughs> we make the drive into Sedona. Now, I got to tell you, if you're going on this trip, and I strongly recommend. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what your physical condition is, and I'm, we're going to talk about that too. Do this trip. If for no other reason than the reveal of Sedona as we drive in. Everybody on this bus, you could have heard a pin drop on this bus as we drove into Sedona, if you've, especially if you've never been there. The colors, the scenery, the landscape, absolutely Breathtaking. If you're from the East Coast, there's no way to describe it. There really is. There's no point of reference. The only thing that looked like this that I've ever seen with my own two eyes was the Australian Outback when we went to Ayers Rock or Uluru. Uh, That's what Uluru looks like. But Uluru isn't nearly as pretty as as this portion of the U.S. Well, having been to Uluru and being there, if someone had said that we were out of the country, I would have believed them. Because it was so different from what I've been around and so close to the Australian outback. It really seemed like we were in a different country. Now, so, and, and, and Sedona is this really quaint town. 
It's this really cute, quaint town. Lots of little shops, little boutique shops, uh, restaurants, uh, all sorts of tours that you can do. Very uh, Sedona is actually an extremely important place in Native American culture. It's considered uh, very, uh, very spiritual. It's a sacred site. It's a sacred site. Uh, Native Americans will not live in Sedona um, because it is a sacred site. And uh, so there's a lot of Native American influence everywhere we went. There was a whole lot of discussion about Native American everything as part of this trip, which is something that interests me quite a bit. So that, and of course, Walter is part Native American, so it certainly interested him. That was nice. Uh, we get to our hotel, which was the Amara Resort and Spa. And when we first got there, I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed when we first got there. Uh, it is a different type of hotel. First of all, it's down this, like you, you're driving on the main street, and that to get to the hotel, you make this turn and go down this really steep hill. I mean, you go down. And we get there, and it's very boutique. It's very much a boutique hotel. I'm kind of more used to high-end luxury. More high-end luxury. Right. And it wasn't that this wasn't luxurious. A luxurious. It was just different. Yeah. And, you know, I, know what you mean. I, I don't, you know... I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not very. The older I get, the less adaptive to change I am. So we get into the hotel, and you know, as is always the case with Adventures by Disney, you never touch your luggage. You don't touch your luggage unless it's to get clothes out of it or to put clothes into it. But in terms of like lugging your luggage, absolutely not. You don't touch it. From the time, the last time you will touch your luggage is when you get to the when you go to the airport. To put it on the plane That's the last time you touch your luggage Until the end of the trip And that, let me tell you something That alone is worth the extra money for me So because, they'll come and pull it out your room for you? Oh, oh, oh absolutely oh, yeah, yeah, Is this something that you um, Is it customary to tip every time they no, do that? No, tips are all included no. cool. tips, no. tips for Bellman, tips for meals Tips for everything are all included On occasion I think we had a couple of occasions where The, the, people, so we were, the people we were dealing with Were so good that we felt compelled to give extra. Even but people doing the tours, the guides, Disney tips them. Because it would you. feel weird not to tip somebody there handling are, your there luggage. There are adventures where you're asked to pull your luggage out to the hallway before you... Oh, yeah, we, right. Well, that. yeah. Right, I mean, right. obviously, yeah. You, right. you might have to place it somewhere, like, outside your door. But as far when as we lugging in, it through hotels and when airports... When we were in California, and, they told us to leave our luggage in right. our room. Right. When we were in Italy, we had to put our luggage out. And in this case, we, we had to put outside. our luggage outside the door. Um, and... So we get into the room, and again, it's boutique-y, um, and the room was nice, and the bed was extremely comfortable, and everything was very clean, um, but I just, I don't know if it was because I was traveling and a little grumpy, because my, my travel days, I'm never, I'm never 100%. No. And we were kind of like, okay, this is the room, whatever. Uh, we had our uh, our welcome dinner. I'm not going to go into too much of the details of the special stuff because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who does it. Uh, most of the meals are included. There are some meals not included that you're on your own. For um, our first full day in Sedona, uh, was we, we start out meeting a, a a local a local cowboy. We called him Cowboy Bob. Cow- we called him Cowboy Bob. His name wasn't Bob, and he probably wasn't a real cowboy. <laughs> um, but. Uh, he came with he came with a tarantula Bearing and a snake, yes. and a large pink tarantula. And everybody was like holding the tarantula. Everyone but me. He's like, you know, do you want to touch it? I said, if I touch it, it's going to be to step on it. So 
Keep he it got away offended. From me. He's like, he got upset. Then get away from me. This, this was like his pet. This was like he like was like really. You know what? Unless you're spinning a web that says stuff in it, I don't have nothing to do with no spider. <laughs> <laughs> there, unless you're some kind of magic spider, say, keep it away. We from had me. this old, older woman who was in her seventies, and he said, "Who would like to hold the spider?" And she said, "I have to." And we're like, "What are you talking about?" And she, her granddaughter had gone on the trip and had held the the tarantula. And so she promised her granddaughter that she would hold it also. Now, and this is one of the, uh, I'm actually glad you brought this up. This couple was well into their 70s. And I was concerned she about nothing to lose. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, this couple was well into their 70s. And I was, you know, I was concerned going into this trip because, you know, I hear off-roading and hiking and blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at these two going, they're going to be pulling these people out of this off this trip in, a, in an ambulance or a body bag, and it's one of the things that's really special about Adventures by Disney is they will they will tailor this trip to whoever's on it, and they have alternatives at every stop. If you don't want to go off roading, for example, because after we met Cowboy Bob, that's what we did. We went off roading, and I will tell you that this. This adorable couple, this adorable 70-plus-year-old couple did everything. Everything. Did everything. They sat out nothing. Well, there was, a, a, there was g- groups of geriatric... Uh, I don't know how you say it. Older Senior people. citizens. Senior citizen geriatrics. trips. <laughs> Senior citizen trips. And it was sort of nice that they decided we didn't want to do that. We wanted to go with everyone else. So everyone did whatever they could to make sure that they were comfortable. Well, I mean, one of the things we found out was that for a lot of tour groups, they will, a lot of tour companies will say that, you know, you need to be in this kind of physical shape and you need to be in this age group to do this trip. So we were seeing throughout the tour, we would see other tour groups that were either younger, more like hikish type people. And then you had other tour groups that were mostly senior citizens. And uh, somebody was telling me that Adventures by Disney is unique in this regard that they make sure, especially on anything that's physically challenging, that there is always an alternative set up. Even if the group is 35, 36 people, and only one person wants to do something else, there's an alternative set up. How do they say that? How do they tell you? They that? tell you uh, each day uh, that we're going to be doing this. Now, if you're not comfortable doing the off-roading, we, can, we have a, an alternative set up where you can see a lot of stuff, but it stays on paved roads. Hmm. Um, when we went hiking in Arches National Park, there was a two and a half mile hike if you wanted to do it, and there was a much less extraneous hike for everyone else. Um, Walter and a group went on the two and a half mile hike, and a group of us, me and the old people and some other people, (laughs) went on the less. And you know what? Those of us who went on the less strenuous hike got to see a lot more. They walked a whole lot less and saw a whole lot more than we did. They actually had the better tour. But they kept acting like, oh, no no tour is better than the other. I thought they were trying to make them feel better. They were trying to make us feel better because ours was not nearly as good as theirs. Don't you feel like – can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel like the 70 is not as old as 70 used to be? Well, now that I'm approaching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to... I just feel like people were 70, 50 years ago, they were just a different, gener- different type of person. Now they're more out. A lot of people are more out and about and doing... It, it seemed like Sedona more. helped him a lot. The first day he was really shuffling and we're like, this guy's not going to... No, no, no. The older guy. Oh, okay. We're like, this guy's not going to make it because he, he was like shuffling. Really? But then the next day he was keeping up with everybody. He was doing great. Yeah. That was the only, only the first day. Yeah. The first, 
that was Max. What did Max just come over and drop something and then Knock run away? Canister. <laughs> Max has castanets. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, again, I'm not going to go blow by blow everything that we did because I want people to have the experience. But spent our day in Sedona. It was a lot of fun. We got to see a lot of really cool stuff. We did some off roading. They took us to lunch. Uh, we had half the day to ourselves to kind of explore the town, and that I, I'll tell you, I'm really glad we went back to Sedona because. Even though they did give us some time while we were there, it wasn't enough. I really would have liked more time to go experience some of the stuff in Sedona. And even spending four days there after the trip, we still didn't see everything. It's really nice. There's quite a bit to do. There really is. You know, even if you just like to shop, the, the diversity of stores that they have is amazing. You could spend days just walking around that little area shopping. So. So we were in Sedona for two nights, and then we head off to the Grand Canyon. And again, now this is a long, longish, I'm going to say two, three-hour drive to the Grand Canyon, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a long drive. And they stop at one point. uh, And because we were a smaller group, there were about 16 of us, uh, we were a smaller group. So we were able, when we stopped, we were able to spend more time than they would normally allot. And we stopped at this one little outlook area. That, you know, I, I don't know exactly where we were. It, had a, it was some national forest. Well, everything was a national park. I mean, but, it's... But this had a lot of Native Americans selling stuff. They had a lot of tables set up with Native Americans selling and for crafts reason, and jewelry. And they always do that, but they were there that day. And so we went and we got to see a lot of... We really got some really, some really, really cool stuff. We got some really, really cool stuff. And, you know, beautiful scenery, very green, very beautiful. Again, a lot more green than we expected. But there's also a lot of red. If you like the color red, this is your trip. That red clay desert. Yep. Um, We get to uh, the Grand Canyon. And it was really cool the way the guides brought us in. Oh, yeah. Because I I don't think, I think for the most of us on the trip had never been. So they really wanted to make, you know, make it a, a big reveal. So, you know, we parked the bus, and at some point he says, okay, everybody look down at the ground, don't look up, so that he gets us to a certain place, and then we all looked up, and, you know, you see the splendor it's of the It's the first Canyon. time you see it, and it's really breathtaking. And it really was. Um, I got to tell you, though, of all the things we did on this trip, of all the things we did on this trip, the least interesting to me at the end of it was the Grand Canyon. It's like, okay. I, I, once I've looked at it for a couple of hours, I'm good. We walked around and looked. We didn't like hike down it. We didn't ride a donkey down or anything yeah, like that. And you people, make those sound like negative things? <laughs> people kept asking if we went out on the, the glass platform. We were like platform. Three, three hours away from the, Yeah. The, 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 we were nowhere near that. We were actually uh, in the part. We were on the south rim of the, Grand, of the Grand Canyon, and that's where the hotels are. There are three hotels located there. There is the, was it the? Blue Angel or the... Bright Angel. The Bright Angel. I keep getting that name. Which is like the Cheapo Hotel. There's the Thunderbird Lodge, which is where we were, which is the moderate. And then there's the El Tavar, which is like their... I don't know. Flagship. Their their, their expensive hotel. Um, The Bright Angel doesn't have bathrooms in the rooms. There's like one bathroom for like every floor or something. I mean, it's like really bizarre. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so we weren't staying there. We were staying at the Thunderbird, which I call Thunderbird Community College because it's exactly what it looked like. It looked like a 1970s community college. It was a cross between that and rehab because it had this, this institutional feel to it. 
you know, everything was cinder block. Everything was kind of institutional. Stark. And the rooms were basic. Once we got into the Thunderbird, I really started appreciating the Amara a lot. Uh, but they let you know this ahead of time. They, they do let you know that this is, they say, a two-star hotel with a five-star view. Well, our five-star view was of the flat roof outside our room. I mean, but the only thing is, that was not there, a five-star view. You go view. outside the hotel, you walk around to the back, and then you're right at the, the rim of the Grand well, Canyon. Well, yeah, literally, the front, of the, the front of the hotel is all of about 25 feet from the rim of the Grand Canyon. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it literally is walk across the lawn. Walk across a, a, a sidewalk, and there is the rim of the Grand Canyon. Now, is there a gate or a railing no. or anything? No, it, it, this was very su- this was very surprising. In a lot of places around the Grand Canyon, there were no railings. Do you know how often mm-hmm. I trip? <laughs> this, this had a lot of stone uh, uh, walls built around it, but most of the Grand Canyon does not have railings. I've seen pictures. We just watched some show recently where people were, were doing that. We're walking right up to the Grand Canyon, and I thought... Oh, there were people oh, yeah. literally sitting on the edge. Literally oh. sitting on the edge. We had one guy in one of the places we stopped. One guy and his wife had a baby that couldn't have been six months old, and they were holding this baby... <laughs> On the because this is one of the places with a stone Jackson, wall, yeah, yeah really, it was and they were just holding this baby there, and then they, they had a dog with them. The dog kept jumping up on the on the thing, and I'm like, <laughs> "What was the name of that book?" Oh, Over the Edge. It might have been. There's a book <laughs> that describes the number, the pe- all, you know, so many of the people that have died doing by stupid land, stuff by water, by air, and it has people who fell off, people who drowned in the uh, Colorado River, and helicopter crashes. That sounds like a fun read. <laughs> I, do, I do remember that though. When Is we stayed there, I remember that you know. You could easily slip and oh, fall easy. down. Oh, yeah. and, you know, Not me. <laughs> Not me. You could easily slip and fall. I can slip and fall in the 25 mm-hmm. feet. I understand that. I would go nowhere near it. There yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get near it either. Um, now, one of the things that we had the option to do, that everybody is given the option to do, this is an extra charge, uh, is to take a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. Oh, which I are did. a few of my favorite things. Um, 30, a 30-minute 30 ride was about $200. It was about $200. I did not feel it was worth it. And uh, Walter did it. I did not. Um, I was going to, but when I actually got to the Grand Canyon and we were in one area where oh, yeah. there was a nice railing and I couldn't go anywhere near it, I was like plastered up against the ceiling or, or up against the, uh, uh, the wall because I couldn't go near this railing um, because the, the, the drop, I mean, it is so, I mean, it's a canyon. I mean, it is the Grand Canyon, and it's deep. And I have a terrible fear of heights, so I opted not to do the uh, the helicopter ride. I will get some of the helicopter pictures put together, and we'll put those up so people can see them. Well, and we have video of it. I have wonderful uh, pictures. I, some of the most beautiful pictures I have. Came I, the I do have a, a video of it because uh, our oh, guide, yeah. Chris, our guide, Chris. When I said I wasn't going to go because I was originally saying I wanted to videotape it. He's like, those guys will let me ride this for nothing. Um, you want me to take the video camera and shoot oh, it for you? Nice. Oh, yeah. No, these guys were amazing. Mike and Chris were absolutely unbelievable. I don't have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling, really. The, yeah. the helicopter ride, actually, the, the price you paid isn't that bad. Because we've been out to uh, Hoover Dam, and they offer those over Hoover Dam. And Santa Fe. Right, in Santa Fe. So I don't think that price is bad, for especially what you get to see. It's, it, was, it was definitely... Uh, uh, I've I walked away from the Grand Canyon. I mean, we had a great time with the guides and the people we were on vacation with. Uh if you do this trip, 
you must, must, must make a reservation for dinner because you have one night where dinner's on your own. Eat at the El Tovar Hotel. One of the best meals I've ever had. And, you know, you really would have thought because of where this restaurant is, this hotel and restaurant are located, because you have a view of the canyon from this restaurant, Mm. that you would have thought this food would have been crap because of of the location and the view. It was amazing. Amazing. One of the best meals I've ever had. And also, ask for um, a window view. You don't even have to be right at the window as long as you can look out and be there when the sun's going down. Because that's so true. how far was this hotel from where you stayed? Was it walking next, oh. next door. So you could walk to the Yeah, hotel. all three hotels are like right there in and the you same. you said make a reservation. Do you think you couldn't just walk in and eat there? You might be able to, but it's very Depending popular. Depending upon the time of the season, you Who may not. Who told you to make a reservation? The guides. On the boards. Oh, the boards. On the boards. Now, the guides do make... Uh, a bunch of dummy reservations there in the event people don't know to do this so that they can usually get you in if you don't. But I went ahead because I'd read it on the boards. That was something that should be done. Absolutely make uh, make a dinner reservation at the El Tovar restaurant in the El Tovar hotel. Um, as for the Thunderbird, it is basic. If you go in knowing it's basic, it was clean. It was not offensive. The beds are not high-end beds. Uh, a few of us were complaining about our backs the next morning uh, because, you know, these and these were apparently new mattresses to boot. So it is basic, but they let you know that. go in, go in knowing that. And I, I was really kind of upset, like, OK, if the El Tavar is the is the luxury, quote unquote, uh, hotel, why aren't we staying there? And then I looked up the prices. The cost of the El Tavar is like four or five hundred dollars a night, oh. and that's off season. Yeah, but one of our guys looked in and said that the rooms were even smaller than what we were staying. I was going to say because it was a, built in the night yeah. beginning the, of the nineteen. Yeah, it was. I have a feeling Adventures by Disney checked it out and decided the difference in what you were going to get was right. not worth the price. And the reason that they're the reason that they're not staying outside the park anymore because they used to stay outside the park. The logistics. Every, each day trying to get into the Grand Canyon and the amount of time it took it took so much time away yeah, must be. from a lot of other things. So they felt that it was better to stay at the Thunderbird and be able to just go in the morning. A lot of people, we got up early to take pictures of the sunrise. A lot of people got pictures of the sunset. Yeah. Walking around. I guess there was mule, mule deers at night. Yeah, elk. some kind of some kind of wildlife, wildlife was like crapping there. all over the the, the sidewalk. Mule. 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 Mule deers. Were you there just the one night? What? We no. were there two nights. Yeah, yeah two nights. Because we, we were yeah, it was two nights in Sedona, two nights in uh, Grand Canyon, and I think three nights total at um, in Moab. Moab. Um, oh no, the only good, the other thing was for breakfast. Well, now generally, I wanted to talk, talk about the food. Um, Actually, the food on this trip was quite good. It was. Better than I've had on other Adventures by Disney trips. Um, with the sole exception of breakfast at the Grand Canyon, where... We are calling it flags. The, fake eggs. These were fake oh. eggs that they were serving us. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was an awful breakfast. Awful. They weren't even, like, fluffed up. It was just this big glob of yellow. Oh, and they would... Cut like ice cream scoop. And put it on. So I had actually cut a slice of it really thin, and Pete walked by and said, where'd you get the cheese? <laughs> it looked like cheese. It looked like a slice of cheese. Um, and I don't think anybody was really impressed with the breakfast at the Grand Canyon. Um, but, you know, this is comments that Disney's aware of. 
they'll do what they do. Everything was they good except the eggs. Everything was okay. Besides yeah, that. outside of that was the only time we were even remotely disappointed with a meal. The rest of them were like good or extremely good. Um, the one thing that did happen at the Grand Canyon that I do want to just mention is that uh, the night that uh, Disney had dinner for us in one of the mm. private rooms um, was a good dinner. This is when they're actually cooking steak out on the steak and chicken on the grill. It's really, it's really good. Uh, they bring in this Native American dance troupe. Yeah, I say a dance troupe. It's like it's three. It's three people. Um, it's a guy, his stepson, and his nephew. And his nephew. And it, he, he talked about the reason that he was doing this was because so many of the young Native Americans were losing any connection with their tradition, any history of, uh, of their tradition. And so he was really trying to instill this in, these, in his stepson and his nephew. I think his stepson was about seven. He was six. Six. Uh-huh. And his nephew was 13. 15, 13 or 4, something like that. And absolutely unbelievable. We Everybody, everybody was like blown away by these kids. We couldn't walk up and say enough nice things because what they did was so good and they were trying to keep their traditions alive. And we just kept telling them how great they were because they, they were wonderful. And the 15-year-old did a hoop dance, which I had never seen before. Um, and everyone was absolutely blown away. And we got some video going up of this. You'll see it on the video. It was really amazing. What and tribe were they? Navajo. Navajo. They were Navajo Indians. And a Navajo, I mean, the Navajo Nation, that's where it is. It's out in that area. It's massive, massive amount of, uh, of land that the Navajos have. So a lot of the Indians, Native Americans that you run into out there are either Navajo or Hopi. Or Hopi. The Hopi Indians are also, uh, and the Navajo and the Hopi apparently don't get along. Um, coexist. Is they coexist. They tolerate each other's existence from what we understand. So Grand Canyon, uh, ultimately for me, I mean, it's beautiful, but a bit of a letdown. Oh. <clears throat> the other thing is we went to some really nice places. I saw some trails. There's some that look like they've been carved out of the stone. There's some where, you know, they've, they've built steps down. It's a lot easier to go down the steps, obviously, than going up. But it was much more than what I was thinking it would be. You're at a much higher altitude. You got to keep this in mind. You're at so seven thousand feet. I was coming back. Pete could hear me breathing coming up the steps. I I have asthma. I've only started getting it this year, but I was really having a hard time. And I have to make sure I carry his inhaler because he never carries yeah. it with him. And thank God I had it there because if I didn't have his inhaler, they would have had to call an ambulance for him. That's how bad he was. So you really have to keep that in mind. Like I said, I usually I walk around. I I, I do physical things. But it's real different when you're at seven thousand feet. It is. You so really you feel it. That and all mind. of us were all of us were talking about that Good during thing that you trip. Good thing you weren't at the the north rim then, because that one's eight thousand. If you're at the north rim, staying there. Well, you know, after a certain point, it all becomes academic. <laughs> um, I don't know how much more difficult it is at eight thousand than it is at seven thousand. Those of us who are below sea level. <laughs> yeah. Really I mean, well, honestly, we live at sea level. I mean, we live pretty much about a hundred feet above sea level here. Really, the top of the contemporary makes me wheeze. <laughs> so, it's. It, it is something to keep in mind that if you have breathing problems, um, you want to make sure you have your medicine with you at all times on this trip because a lot of it takes place in higher altitudes. Uh, also, your ears pop constantly. Constantly. That guy, constantly. I'm like, please get me back to sea level. I'm so tired of my ears popping. Can I don't you know what to do. you change your pancake recipe? Yeah, 
You got to change a lot of recipes, yeah. Of course, it always comes back. It always comes back to food. Okay, now I remember. Right, right, right. Well, I can I can tell you we that none of us were cooking pancakes. None of us were cooking pancakes. Sounds like you should have. So, the other thing we did that was the watchtower, which we thought was going to be kind of hokey, and that turned out to be amazing. And this was built in the 30s. I, I can't remember her name. Is a famous, famous female architect who built this and had the Hopi Indians come in and paint like the inside. on or, it? Or hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs, sorry. Lithographs. Yeah, they had, anyway. they had their own um, printing press. Yeah, really. <laughs> and it was pretty stunning. It was really pretty stunning. And um, actually, normally you could go up on top and look out, but they were resurfacing that and we couldn't. And also, if you're doing this trip, that watchtower is your best opportunity to do shopping. The, sh- the store there um, is, uh, was the best of any of the stores that we hit in the Grand Canyon. On the first day of the trip, they're like, there's some great shopping in the visitor center. It was crap. It was yeah, all it was tourist crap. And was something that we went out with an intention of was finding things that were not overly mass produced. We were looking for a lot of Native American stuff. We found it. Authentic, more authentic. Um, we found some great stuff. Um, but, and I, I kept having this fight with him this entire trip. If you see something and you like it, don't say, well, I'll see if I can get it cheaper later or no. I'll pick it up later. Buy it when you see it. I have a couple of regrets from our Italy trip. It happens all the time. Uh, it happens to him all the time. Yet, you know, it keeps repeating the same behavior, expecting different results. And we all have we have bets at our house. Where's the turquoise jewelry? No, no, there was no turquoise jewelry purchased. No, that's no, we did not. No, purchase. I have no interest in turquoise jewelry. But I, this, in the Southwest, you kind of can't avoid it. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. You're going to avoid buying it. You can't can. avoid seeing it. It's, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. It is and everywhere. It's, it's Actually, it's not. It wasn't like every time we turned around, there was turquoise really? jewelry. Oh, we went Pottery, uh, various types of crafts. I mean, the, the Native Americans make more than turquoise. And uh, we picked up some amazing, amazing things. One of the things you're going to find in a lot of places out there. Um, these are made by the Hopi Indians. They're called Kachina dolls. And I won't go into a whole explanation of what the Kachina dolls are, but they're very intricate. They're handmade, and they're astronomically expensive. Kachina dolls will... uh, These represent gods. These represent uh, uh, Hopi Indian gods. Spiritual beings. Spiritual beings. um, uh, And routinely, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Well, they range from one hundred to yeah, five or six hundred. Most of the ones we saw were over five hundred. At least two or three. Were over five. No, the ones I priced out, every one that I saw that I liked was five hundred dollars or more. They're very intricate, but they're very, very. If I'd seen one for two hundred, I would have bought it. Um, That one that the the time we actually took the tour, I thought that one was two hundred. I don't remember seeing. It doesn't matter. Um, But every place we stopped, they'd say, oh, I want to get this. Oh, we should wait. We should wait. I'm like, no, I'm not going to wait. can't do that on these I'm not going to wait. Maybe we will see it later. But in a lot of cases, we didn't. In a lot of cases, we didn't. But um, the Watchtower, best place in the Grand Canyon shop. Now, from the Grand Canyon, we uh, went on to uh, Moab, Utah, which is where Arches National Park Oh, wait, no, we're, we're skipping an entire thing here. On the way from the Grand Canyon to Moab, uh, we went to uh, Monument Valley. Mm. 
And uh, oh, that was one of the yeah, that was the best place. That was that was pretty awesome. Um, Monument Valley. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, if you've ever watched a John Wayne movie or any western shot in the forties, fifties, or sixties. For the most part. There's a big scene in Thelma and Louise where they drive through Monument Valley. No, actually, well, yeah, but we'll get, we actually have a, a Thelma and Louise reference later on. Um, but uh, it's literally like driving onto a movie set because it's you've only ever seen this stuff, really. And well, I guess it was almost more fascinating seeing that because the Grand Canyon, of course, you're always looking down. And this is just all around you. The the panoramic that you've never seen before, you know, and the the big rock sitting on like this tiny little base, base, and you just think, how could that possibly stay there? And you just, I don't know, it's it just amazing. I think that was more interesting than the canyon itself. And this was uh, another. Uh, we we, I, I'm sorry that I don't have these names written down or in my head, but I was not taking notes on the trip because I didn't think I was going to do a show about it. <clears throat> Because um, this was supposed to be a vacation, but we had such a great time. I really wanted to. I, I really did want to uh, talk about it. Uh, but there was a, a, a restaurant slash motel that we stopped at. Remember, where we ended up having lunch. That's right. where we. That's where we actually got it, uh, met our guide that was going to take us through Monument Valley, um, and absolutely stunning. Just an absolutely stunning. All these vistas, I mean, all these like magnificent vistas is, is what you were looking at the entire we just time. just went from one to the other to the other. The it entire trip amazing. is a photographer's dream. Yeah. Yeah. It is a photographer's dream. The, the, the photos you can get here, and you'll see in the photo gallery we, we put up with this, it's, it's just, it's really, I don't care if you're a crappy photographer, there's no way to take a bad picture here. As you're talking about the... It, these things I'm googling them just for visual reference, and there's the uh, there's a shot of Monument Valley, and there's a car, tiny tiny little car, it looks like an ant compared to these huge huge things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're massive, they're massive, just these huge huge rocks. I mean, and a lot of people, especially the people that live out there, it's like oh, there's a lot of rocks. Well, for those who don't live there and those who go there to visit, I mean, these rocks are pretty spectacular. And all of these are national parks. Virtually everything we did right. on this trip was done inside national parks. And who knew? I mean, well, one place there was that guy on the horse. That was some fantastic pictures too. There is one stop that we make where, for many many years, uh, this guy's grandfather would, uh, I, I guess, for photo ops for tourists, um, would be on a horse wearing. You know, the white cowboy hat and, you know, all the accoutrements that go, go along with it, the regalia, um, cowboy regalia. And so when we pull up out in the distance, you see this guy on this horse, and it's it looks like a commercial. I mean, uh, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And apparently this guy's grandfather did it for many years, and the grandfather recently passed away. So the grandson now has taken over to kind of keep the tradition going. And this is what this is what he does, and we've got pictures of that too. Yeah, that you'll see. Um, we uh, took the tour of Monument Valley. Went back to have lunch at this. Uh, why can't I remember the name? The guy who started this hotel and restaurant was actually the one who went out to Hollywood to convince. Uh, 
producers and directors out there to shoot westerns in mm. Monument Valley. Uh, he was the one responsible for getting John Wayne, and they actually have a cabin that allegedly John Wayne would always s- sleep in because this was the, well, like it was like the only place around uh, to like sleep there. And there was a cabin that was John Wayne's, and that they have it there that you can go through it. There's a little every place you go out there. There's a movie museum because so many movies were shot out there. Yeah. That every time you turn around, there's another movie museum. And we had lunch there. This was another great place to do shopping. This is another place that I highly recommend. They have some good stuff. You buy some stuff because, and all of these places will ship. They'll all ship back home. And that is 99% of what we did. Because we were buying a lot of like vases and uh, pottery, stuff like that, that's going to break. And I was not going to trust Delta uh, to not break it. So... Having it shipped back home made a lot of sense. It was worth it for us. Um, from Monument Valley, it was out to Moab, Utah. Well, listen about the hotel, the Rock Ledge. Well, that's where we are now. Oh, okay. Um, and it wasn't Rock Ledge. It, it was, was Red, Red Cliffs. Cliffs Red Cliffs Lodge. I got it now. Rock <laughs> Ledge is over near Melbourne. Coca. <laughs> <laughs> um, which and like- I'm gonna I, and I'm gonna say something here. Um, Red Cliffs Lodge. Of all the hotels I have stayed in in my life, of all the hotels I have reviewed in the 13, almost 14 years that I've been doing this job, I have never stayed in a hotel as magnificent as this. Um, it, is, it was an old ranch. You feel like you're in a cabin. Well, the rooms. It was an old ranch that was purchased. This, this was this guy's dream was to build a resort. Um, he bought this old ranch in 1998, converted it, and has been building it up ever since. And the way, the way I describe it is imagine your favorite uncle owned a resort right outside a national park and staffed it with all your favorite relatives. And that's what this place felt like because they just made you feel so welcome and so at home. And these rooms, I mean, because you, you pull into the place and it's very rustic looking. And I'm like, okay, what are we in for here? Plus, the drive from Moab or from Monument Valley to Moab, this was the longest amount of time we were on a bus. So it was at least three hours. And right? I, was, I, was, I, was actually getting, I was actually getting car sick. Oh, yeah. Which never, never happens to before. me. Um, so... Another tip, if you're taking this trip, have some Dramamine or some motion sick tablets with you, because I wish I had, because I, I was really getting, I was ready to be off that damn bus. Um, these rooms are suites. Uh, there's, they, they, they have, uh, there was a king bed, um, nice size area. I'm, I'm going to say these rooms were about 600 square feet. Mm. Um, Two steps down, you have a kitchen, a, ki- a, whole, a full kitchen, wow. seating area, couch, but but oh, but the piece de resistance of this place is you walk out onto your patio, which is literally right alongside the Colorado River, with a postcard view. You're surrounded three sides on mountains. Yeah, wow. on the big red cliffs. Yeah, and just stunning. Just gorgeous. And beneath the cliffs is where the Colorado runs right behind your patio. I mean, it's it literally, amazing. you know, there you are, and there's the Colorado River. 
and it was silent. There was no noise. It was so secluded and such a beautiful area. And then, you know, they have a restaurant in the main building that you, which is where we had breakfast every morning. And, you know, you get out there for sunrise and see the sun rising over this, 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 this scene, this gorgeous vista. And you're like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe this exists in real life. I mean, you really see stuff like, like this. It looks in, like a postcard. It looks like you're staying in a postcard. It really does. Um, and, and like I said, we're talking about the, the service level at this, at this hotel. Uh, and I feel like calling it a hotel or a resort under, understates it because it, it was really like staying with family. Mm. And they actually do have individual cabins. And they do, they do. They have these gorgeous, like, eight, 900-square-foot cabins. So, That's a one, and if you want that, if you're on the Adventures by Disney trip, because I asked him about this, if you're on the Adventures by Disney trip and you want one of the cabins, it's a $100 a night upgrade. Now, it's pretty far away, so you've got to do some walking. But It's a little bit of walking to the main building, but, again, right on the Colorado. Pete, Pete went up to him and said, wow, I'd really love to see inside one of your cabins. They handed us two keys. And she's like, really? Well, this one goes to a qu- two double queens, and this one goes to a king oh, wow. suite. It has a jacuzzi in the corner. So off we go running. And it was they have a fireplace, the uh, gas fireplace, where you just push the remote and the, the flames come on. It's pretty cool. And that's in the cabins. Those aren't in the rooms you yeah, get with ca- Adventures by Disney. I don't know anything about the area, but do they get snow in the winter and all? I'm oh, sure yeah. they do, yeah. yeah. That would be cool. I'm sure they do. It was amazing. Um, absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And I'm telling you, I've never had a hotel experience like that. This is a place I would go back to just to stay there, let alone see anything else that was around. Now, On their of course, website, they have a, a webcam, a live webcam, a view of the Colorado River. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I got to tell you, you go to the Red Cliffs Lodge website, and it's definitely uh, it's an, red. A, it's an amateur. <laughs> it's an amateur website. Because when I looked at that website before we went, I'm like, okay, this hotel is going to be crap. Because, of course, I judge everything by its website. Um, and don't – yeah, the, the website doesn't even begin to touch how gorgeous this place is. There's also a winery there. The guy who owns it has a winery. Uh, if you're a wine drinker, they do wine pairings and wine tastings and things like that. He has horses. There's so horseback ride riding. Horses. Uh, actually, uh, there's a lot of adventure tours you can do right from the hotel. Anything you want to do, that hotel will bend over backwards to try and make it happen. And they actually did that for us. Uh, when we, uh, we did our tour of Arches National Park, uh, the Step-On Guide was, I can't believe, I can't remember his name because he was great. Well, he owns, he owns this company that does a lot of these different tours through Arches National Park and around the surrounding area. And one of the things they do is they do speedboat tours four-hour speedboat tours down the Colorado. Now, when I say that it's a speedboat tour, I'm not talking about a four-seater. I'm talking about something that will seat 30, 40 adults. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but they travel. They can travel up to 75 miles an hour down the river. And we had the most entertaining, funny guy. Well, hold on. We okay. haven't gotten to that part yet. It up. Um, you'd love to jump three steps ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but these tours were four hours long, and we did have the morning free the next morning. It was the only morning we were able to sleep in on this trip. That's another thing. Every morning on this trip, you're up. At, you're doing something at seven o'clock that's, in the morning. That's very typical of any adventures by Disney. It you're is going, yeah. going, going. Um, we asked if there would be any way for them to do a, an abbreviated tour for us. Uh, we'll we pay for it. It was seventy five dollars to do the four hour tour. We were happy to pay the seventy five dollars for a two hour tour if they would arrange it. 
And when you say we, just the two of you? Or no, no, there was actually uh, there was about six, six of us, of us six, yeah. seven of us, including uh, Chris, the God, right? Um, that wanted to do it, and they did. They set it up, and they managed to get other people outside of our group to show up for it. And now you can talk about the the guy we had on the boat who was hilarious. He w- he was. It was like he missed his calling. He should have been doing stand-up comedy. He should have been doing stand-up. This guy had everybody rolling. He was so funny with this deadpan delivery. Um, and apps, again, you'll see on the video, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, just beautiful views of the canyons. And the. And that's one of the times we actually go over where they had the car for Thelma and Louise going over the edge. They showed Thelma, us where they filmed that. When, when Thelma and Louise... Uh, was filmed, that final scene was actually filmed in Arches National Park or in that area. And they literally launched two cars off the cliff into the Colorado River. Um, and the guide, the step-on guide that we had uh, who owned this company that did the speedboat tours and everything, uh, he was actually the liaison with the, uh, uh, with, 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 the, with the movie, with the director and the movie company uh, to like set a lot of this stuff up, so he was there watching it being filmed, and he was part. His team was part of the crew that had to go in afterwards and take the, this car out of cars. out of the Colorado River. Cars out of the Colorado River, and uh, and this was the guy who took us to Arches National Park. Something I didn't know is that Arches National Park is loaded with dinosaur fossils, and there was a time where the government set a limit. That you could only take like three, I think he said three or thirty pounds of dinosaur fossils a day. Wow! Out of Arches National Park, yeah, and now he's a kid, he has like piles. Of oh them. yeah, he said as a kid, that's what they used to do. They used to just go and just take piles of dinosaur fossils, and they since have limited it now that you have to get special permission and go on certain tours and things like that. But they took us on this great tour of Arches National Park, and this is where we divided up into two groups. One group went with our Adventures by Disney guides to do the two-and-a-half-mile hike to Delicate Arch, is what it was called. And the ones that didn't want to do that stayed with our step-on guide. I can't believe... Preston, I think his name was. Was it Preston or something like that? Um, we stayed with him and did this other, this other tour. And it was just things you would never think you would see. And if I looked at pictures... Of the, when I did look at pictures of this stuff before going... I'm like, okay, you know, that's really, really nice. There isn't a picture taken that does justice to how beautiful these places are. Well, when you go to Delicate Arch, what's really weird is it's like a bowl, and you're walking on the rim of the bowl. So I'm actually, I'm surprised Disney takes people there because it could be, if you were to start sliding, you wouldn't stop until several hundred feet. And they said every time they, they discuss, are they actually going to take people there or not? They've never had a problem. But when you're walking, I mean, it's, it's fairly steep, and you can tell once you start, you wouldn't stop until... Like I said, several hundred feet. And he said every time they have it, they discuss, should we take people there, should we not take people there? But it's so beautiful. That's where everyone seems to go. Although the, the your tour was better. So actually, if you stay on the bus and don't do the two-and-a-half-hour hike... I would see. highly recommend not doing the two-and-a-half-mile hike. You see more. You walk a whole lot less. You see more. You walk less. And it's gorgeous. You're not slide several hundred feet. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Exactly. It was... It was every time, every stop that we made on this trip, every stop that we made on this trip, what we were looking at was more beautiful than what we had looked at before. And 
by the end of the trip, I was convinced that there were two things I had to do. One is I had to go back to Sedona because I fell in, we both fell in love with Sedona. And the second was I have to go back to the Red Cliffs Lodge. I would spend a week just there just hanging out. If you wanted to relax, that would be the most relaxing place. It was. I was about to ask the same thing. Uh, they, they, they have wired internet. It's wireless, I think, in the main building, but the individual units have like Ethernet. Okay, then you can go. And it's slow. Oh, okay. okay. AT&T, so they cover 97% of America. We were in the other 3%. Right. Yeah, let me tell you, this is, this is actually, I'm glad you brought this up. This is uh, something I'm, I'm glad you brought up. If you are an AT&T customer and you are going on this trip, seriously consider getting a pay-as-you-go Verizon phone. Really? Verizon had service everywhere we went. AT&T had service nowhere we went. We didn't have service. I'm so glad. I, I, used to, I, would, say for, I would say for no, 75... came through. I would say for 75% of this trip, we had no cell phone service whatsoever. Um, when we did have cell phone service, it was spotty. Um, there were very few places that we had 3G. Most of... If we ever had internet at all on our phones, it was Edge. Um, AT&T service in this part of the country is horrendous. You would Absolutely send me a text. I would respond to you. You wouldn't get it. No. <laughs> no, crazy. I mean, because literally it would, it would go minute to minute. Oh, oh, I've got a signal. And then hurry up and send something. And then five minutes later, you don't have a signal anymore. <laughs> but the people on the trip that had Verizon. No problem. We're getting phone calls, texts, internet. Everything was fine. So keep this in mind. Uh, if I was to go out there again, I would absolutely have to have a Verizon pay-as-you-go phone or something like that. I, it's, the, it's the first time I've ever really had problems with AT&T in terms of reception. But that, that entire three-state area, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah, are apparently an AT&T dead zone. Um, but actually, that kind of helped make this trip a bit more relaxing for me because I couldn't use my phone. I had to literally not use that, not you know, not take calls or make calls or check emails, and that really that really did help in terms of relaxation. Now, the other thing we need to talk about is nighttime when you're at the Red Cliff Lodge. That was the time we saw the second most stars. You could see everything. There was no light pollution around because you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of nowhere. You can see the Milky Way. You can see everything. The you only time that can we see saw more stars when we were in Uluru. Yeah, in Uluru we saw more stars. But in terms of any place I've ever been in the United States, I've never seen that many stars. I mean, it was, you'd sit out in your patio at night and just look up and you could spend an hour just staring at the sky. Uh, Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Meticulously planned. Again, this was another flawless. This is now four times I've done an Adventures by Disney trip where I have virtually nothing to complain about. And for those who've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that that just doesn't happen. Our guides, there was not one thing that our guides could have done better, in my opinion. No. There was not one aspect of this trip. At first, I was going to say Thunderbird Lodge. But after doing some research and understanding the price points and the logistical concerns, I can't even criticize them on that. This was a flawless trip. It is done so well. And I'm telling you, unless you are the most craven, cynical, ill-tempered bastard on God's earth, 
there is no way you can't go and see these places and experience these things without taking something away from it. Unless there is something so wrong with you, it can only be medicated. Because I really thought there was no way I was going to get anything more than, okay, that's pretty. It was really emotional. I mean, some of this stuff really evokes emotion. It evokes, like, awe. And, and, and it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And to think it's in our, you know, relatively speaking, sitting in our backyard. I'm so, I've always been so focused on, you know, wanting to go to Australia, wanting to go to Europe, wanting to go here, wanting to go there. And I, I, I have to give Walter credit on this because he's the one that's been saying for years to me now, there's so many great things to see here in America. Why don't we see some of them too? Well, we can do Europe. We can do Australia. Let's do some of this. If it wasn't for him having that perspective, I never would have thought in a million years to do this trip. I've read about the Southwest Splendors trip for eons, as long as Disney's been doing it. And I, it never evoked one ounce of interest However, there's also opportunity. I think if Adventures by Disney wasn't doing this trip, would you go on your own without, now that any, I've, without having any experience? No. Ready it for would have been very no. difficult. Right. No. They, then you have to plan way ahead, and uh, it's, it's a lot Because to do. Adventures by Disney has packaged this for you, there's now this opportunity to go and experience it. <laughs> Did and you have also, any children on your trip? No, we no, weren't. It was an adults-only trip. It was an adults-only trip, which I, I prefer. I prefer. Now, the, and one final thing I do want to say about the Amara. Um, the Amara Resort is where we stayed after we finished our trip and went back to uh, went back to Sedona, and it was th- during that portion of the trip that I actually got a chance to really experience their service level. Flawless, incredible service, incredible service, best massage I've ever had in my life. Honest to God, hand to God. Best massage, Seth. Seth, the brute. Seth is a big, big old guy that gave a deep tissue massage like I've never had. And I could only tell you, if you like deep tissue massages, go to the Amara, go to the spa, and insist on having Seth. Um, But everything, I mean, I really, on that four days that we spent there coming back, uh, I really started to appreciate that hotel. I really appreciated how good it was, how hard they were trying. It apparently had been under new management for about a year. Previous management had really run it down and really uh, pissed off a lot of people. Um, New management is really trying to turn that around. And we had a flawless experience there. It's another place I would stay. Again, I will stay there again when I go back to... Well, the, the only thing that we didn't talk about was the one thing that Pete didn't do was the last day we did the whitewater raft. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Whitewater. Okay. It's, it's graded from class one, which is general current, to class six, which is hold on for your life. This is supposed to be between a class one and a class two. But if you go down the Colorado River, you will get wet. You do go over enough rapids where you go underneath. And it's 50-degree water. Did you do it? No. Pete didn't do it. Okay. That was the weird part because the Colorado runs behind the Ray Cliff Lodge. So when we get behind the Red Cliff Lodge, everybody starts saying, Pete, Pete, come outside, Pete, right outside our hotel room. But Pete wasn't there. But it was real funny because when we first got there, the thought of going off with people you don't know, because Pete and I are in the airport, we're like, we hate new people. We hate new people. I don't want to, you know, we didn't want to go. Yeah, that's the part of these trips I can't stand is, 
you know, meeting the new people. But then, of course, you know, an hour into the right. trip, you're like, okay, cool. You're buddies. But like I, like I said, everyone was yelling for Pete. They thought it was so funny. So everyone, it was just really funny. And then the, old, the older couple went, had a good time. Like I said, you will get wet and the water is 50 degrees. Uh, the two guides got in and I told Chris if he got in, I, I would get in. So, and, of uh, course, he was sick for like the next three months. Got in the water? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I close every show. Stay out of the damn lake. So what does he do? First chance he gets, he jumps into the damn lake. At fifty degrees, um, okay, and he was, and he was sick. He started getting sick the next day. So he wasn't feeling good by the time we got to Sedona. There was one day, the last day in Sedona, he didn't get out of bed. He did not get out of bed, and then we got home, and he was even sicker. Um, and so it was like, you know. Yeah, I, I would not recommend jumping in the fifty degree water. No. perhaps. But, no. Uh, yeah, so you do go white water rafting, and there's not much white water, but you do go over enough that you will end up getting wet. Mm. Like I said the, the older couple went; they had a good time, but you will, you'll get wet. So. Overall, I can tell you the experience was magnificent. The trip was wonderful. I can highly, highly recommend uh, doing this. Uh, doing this trip, it, it, it was just it was so spectacular. Uh, seeing Sedona, the Grand Canyon, uh, Moab, uh, Monument. Monument, Monument Valley, Arches National Park. Um, it, it, it really is it, it really is an experience everybody we, should have. We also took a, a, a tour on our own when we went back to uh, Sedona. And so this guy was taking us out to see Native American stuff. So we stopped at a visitor center and we bought this um, cochina. I bought a, a, yeah, one of the cochinas. From this guy, Uncle Dave. So Uncle Dave's talking to us, and he and the guide have something in common. And he's like, y'all want to go back to my house? And Pete's thinking, oh, he just wants to sell us stuff. And I'm thinking, I saw an episode the of Criminal is, Minds that started off like this. Yeah, and, and the guide's like, sure. And I'm like, are you out of your mind taking me? I don't want to go back to this guy's house. I don't know this guy. This guy's selling crap in a parking lot. So, See, now that was Kevin. He'd be all on it. I would. Oh, I want to go back and see your stuff. I want to see Uncle Dave's house. Well, the, the guide was like, oh, yeah, we're open to whatever happens. So Uncle Dave said, come back to my house. So he's like, okay. So we follow him to um, his house, and we get out, and he has made this maze with rocks. And you walk through this maze. It's actually, a, it's, it actually represents the Hopi Indian life cycle from birth to death. And he's mm. explaining the whole life cycle as we're walking. You know, you're just being born. He goes through his story. Now you're a child. And he, it's just amazing. Death, You've never seen death at the end. Or, <laughs> I mean. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is that like when we get to the end of this, is that when he like breaks out a machete and kills us all? I mean. He wants you to buy a squirrel. If you don't buy a squirrel. He <laughs> well, at you. the end of it, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I guess this is where I got to take 20 bucks out of my pocket and give him a tip for letting us walk through his rock maze or whatever. <laughs> you brought and a then he's, then he's like, uh, you know. Come inside. Let me show you. Artwork. Let me show you my artwork, which is like the oldest pickup line in the world. I'm like, oh, we're gonna get raped. Um, <laughs> and he lives. He lives in a. He lives in a mobile home. He lives in a mobile home. I like, saw this movie. And we get into his. We, we we go into his house, and and he really was very talented. I mean, he really had some great great stuff. Uh, and he was showing us, and I'm like, okay, you know. At some point, he's going to tell us, I sell this for this much. But he never did. He showed us, and then he put it back up. And then he started... Showing us pictures of his of his well, travels. He had gone to Peru and had done a lot of things there and had bought back some rugs, some sweaters. And so he was just showing us all the things from Peru because our guide had gone to Peru and had stayed with one of the Indian tribes there. And so they had that in common. So he just wanted to show us everything that he had from uh, Peru. Mm. 
and the um, maze, and we got to pick out a rock because everything's sacred. So we were afraid to. Pick you're not up allowed anything. to take. You're not allowed to take anything off Hopi land unless it is given to you. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those things. You don't take anything. You don't take a rock. You don't take a, a twig. You take nothing off of the Hopi off a of Hopi land unless it is given to you. So when he, actually for him to give quote unquote outsiders one of these rocks was actually very special because it I doesn't mean, happen. I don't know what mine is, but it's bright red. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. almost like ruby, ruby like, but it's. It's gorgeous, and like I said, we weren't expecting that. But that turned out to be one of the highlights of the trip. And at the end, at the end of it, at the end of it, he asks if we can exchange uh, addresses to keep in touch. I dropped a letter yesterday. I get back in. I get back in the car with the because it was a guide, Walter and I, and one other person that had booked this trip. And I said, "Okay, I am the most jaded, cynical son of a bitch on God's earth. I have been waiting for the last hour for this guy to hit us up for money. Never did. He just mm-hmm. wanted to share." How nice! His 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 his, his, his life, his, his art, art, his his you know experiences, and I it was it really was a high ended up being a highlight of the trip because that is how how kind and and generous these Hopi Indians are, um, and it really is kind of sad too because driving through Native American lands, um, driving through Navajo Nation, driving through the the Hopi Nation. These people live in abject poverty. It was abject poverty. But at the same time, you know, a lot of the people that we met, really happy, really spiritual. I don't know. It's uh, they don't seem as attached to material things as certainly as, as I am. And I think there's a lot to learn from them. And especially from Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave was really awesome. And I drafted a letter. Let's get our letters. Let's send it to him. And then, because I know he has grandchildren, we want to see how many he has. And we're going to get little toys and stuff from Disney, mail to for his grandkids and stuff like that. So, so it was it, it was an awesome trip. We had a wonderful time. I I, I really recommend doing it. Um, I recommend adding days on to the end of the trip uh, in Utah. Um, if you do Sedona, fly there, don't drive. We drove, and I'll never make that mistake again. Well, that was hideous. Um, the six, seven-hour drive from Grand Junction, Colorado to Sedona, don't ever do that. Uh, but overall, I can tell you, worth every penny. Everybody on the trip with us said the same thing, worth every penny. Um, have you ever been on an Adventures by Disney where anybody said they weren't happy? No. No, I nope. never have. You but there was people who weren't even Disney fans, but one woman was doing her, her research, and she kept hearing how people enjoyed this tour, and she wanted to see it, so she went. She wasn't a Disney fan, but she was just like, wow, they're top-notch. This is one of the best tours I've ever been on. We had the family on our Italy trip, and the husband was cranky no matter what he did. That's true. He was just... He was uh, cranky when we met him in the airport, though. Right. Now, I, you know, in my experience, in my experience so far, I haven't been on a trip, one of these trips, with anybody who really had a bad time. Uh, I certainly haven't. And uh, each time um, they seem to get better. It's amazing. You know, the best argument I can make for Adventures by Disney is uh, this trip and future trips. I'm more than happy to pay my own way, uh, and there were it's worth it. It's worth every dime. Yes, they're expensive, but you really, you really can't appreciate how how worth it they are until you do one. Um, and uh, you know, all, Teresa and Corey and Kathy. And Julie are going to get a chance next year to see that when we do the Backstage Magic Tours. 
and uh, but yep, Southwest Splendors, all that in a bag of chips. It was awesome. All that in a bag of chips. Great job, Disney. Great job, Chris and Mike. Mike. All right, that will do it for our special Adventures by Disney show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. And remember, stay out of the freaking Colorado, Walter. Thank <laughs> you.